The small things are what we'll be remembered by. Amy Najukumitato. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus Dorsey. Amy Najukumitato is the author of three poetry collections, most recently Lucky Fish, winner of the Hofer Grand Prize. She is associate professor of English at SUNY Fredonia and lives in western New York with her husband and young sons. Today, we'll sample from a recent reading she gave in the Grand Hall of the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center, sponsored by the MFA Program in Creative Writing at Indiana University Bloomington. Um, This is, Are All the Breakups in Your Poems Real? I love how they want to know about my personal life. Not the actual craft of poetry, but just what's going on. If by real you mean real as a shark tooth stuck in your heel, the wetness of a finished lollipop stick, the surprise of a thumbtack in your purse, then yes, every last page is true, every nuance, bit, and bite. Wait a minute. I have made them up. I have made up all of them. And when I say I am married, it means I married all of them, a whole neighborhood of past loves. Can you imagine the number of bouquets? How many slices of cake? Even now, all my husbands plan a great meal for us. One chops up some parsley, one stirs up a bubbling pot on the stove, one changes the baby, another one sleeps in a fat chair. One flips through the newspaper, another whistles while he shaves in the shower, and every single one of them wonders what time I'm finally coming home. This is called Hedgehog. The book of pregnancy folklore says if you accidentally step on a hedgehog while you are pregnant, you will give birth to a baby and a tiny hedgehog. (laughs) For weeks, I could not shake this image, and I wondered where it could grow. Your hands were only the size of a quarter then, and would the animal rest in the center of your palm? Would you be pulled onto my chest, clutching your new pet as they swipe the casing from your eyes? We have meadowsweet dried and bunched above each doorway, and I know when we aren't looking, your tiny hedgehog takes a bite. We lose a little each day. And later when we leave for church to pray for the uncle I just lost, the war that won't end, each other, I'm certain it noses around the kitchen, investigates the patterns of furniture, ponders this new quiet, the absence of your cry. It's eager to know what's afoot. This is called Waiting for Him to Speak. Sometimes she squints, like the queen whose crown was too heavy for her head. Sometimes she sighs, and the sigh is a pin of wind through his hair, and his hair is the tobacco hue of an owl feather. She repeats colors, her name, his name, points out cats and birds in his chunky books, and he studies them close, but he is quiet. Because of these books, she imagines daily what it would be like if she were a mama owl, and he were her owlette, or if she were a cat, and he were her quiet kitty. These are her wonderful thoughts now. Not about what color of high heels she will wear to the party next week or the key code of a house once given to her by a married man. She reads her son books about elephants on a bike, hippos wearing pajamas, and about more owls who seem to have gotten themselves lost. 
Now there are only about 500 whooping cranes left on this planet, 300 California condors, and just over 6,000 or so beach mice. During the months that she waits for him to talk, there will be even less of these animals. She feels guilty for waiting, for wanting it so badly. By the time you get to the end of this poem, there will be no more pygmy, pygmy rabbits left on this earth. The last one dies as she waits for her son to speak. The nights are loose, long braids that unravel at the ends. But he will always have his books. He will always have his books. This is called Baked Goods. Flour on the floor makes my sandals slip, and I tumble into your arms. It's too hot to bake this morning, but blueberries begged me to fold them into moist muffins. Sticks of rhubarb plotted a whole pie. The windows are blown open, and a thick fruit tang sneaks through the wire screen and into the home of the scowly couple who lives next door. Yesterday, a man in the city was finally rescued from his apartment, overrun with a thousand of rats. Something about being angry because his pet python refused to eat. He let the bloom of fur rise, rise over the gnarly little blue rug, rise over the coffee table, rise over the kitchen countertops, and pit through each cabinet, snip at the stumpy paper bags of sugar and all the cylinders of salt. Our kitchen is a riot of pots, wooden spoons, and melted butter. So be it. Maybe all this baking will finally quiet the angry voices next door, if only for a brief whiff. I want our summers to always be like this, a kitchen wrecked with love, a table overflowing with baked goods, warming the already warm air. After all the pots are stacked, the goodies cooled, and all the counters wiped clean, let us never, ever be rescued from this mess. So, <laughs> so this is called Why I Crave Ribs Tonight. Baby, don't even come near me with that napkin. <laughs> Just let me add each bone, slick and sweet with smoky sugar sauce. See all the steam when I nudge all the meat off with my tongue? It's the only kind of cloud we see this lemonade day in June. All this driving, and I need to feel food in my hands. No, no, no knife or fork tonight. I want to burn my lips just enough, but not too much it hurts to kiss. And that reminds me of the glowing heart inside of me. How each rib curves around, locks tight in neat snaps along the back. Make your hand like that around my wrist and lead me into the bathroom. Stand with me in the shower and feel the tender spot just underneath my ribs. Lift my hands above my head and trace the space bone, space bone, space bone, space bone down my sides with a blue bar of soap. Let this, let this be the only way I will ever, ever come clean. You've been listening to poetry by Amy Najukumatatl on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey. You can visit The Poet's Weave online at wfiu.org slash poetsweave.